This is episode 10 of the Disobedient Buildings podcast, an AJC-funded project at the University of Oxford. Our focus is on the everyday lives of people living in aging blocks of flats in three European countries, the UK, Romania and Norway. My name is Inge Daniels and in this final episode I will be joined by Anna Anderson and Gabriela Niculescu to discuss how COVID-19 has influenced domestic life in the three countries we study. Yeah, I mean, in the Norwegian side, we see that certain issues that might have been present before COVID has, let's say, become more evident during the pandemic. In Oslo, immigrant communities have been hit harder uh, by the pandemic than um, other communities. And what we could read from, from the media is that this has to do with larger families who, who lived together in, in smaller quarters. And also the fact that many immigrants in Norway work in, in transportation or service industries where working from home just isn't an option. What we see then is that, you know, these these issues that has become <laughs> clear during the pandemic, it, it go, like it relates back to, to these issues we also had before, such as the difficulty people have coming into the property ladder and being able to own a home and having to move frequently or not having enough space. If, if one person got COVID, then if you live very close together, then the rest of the family w- would also most likely get, get COVID. I mean, in fieldwork, I also seen how I think all residents talk about how noise has been an issue. When you live in a block of flat, I think, you know, noise has always been an issue for people, neighbors having parties, or if the block is centrally located, you hear people in the evening walking past. But what we see is that, you know, there is uh, noise reports both from within the block, uh, a lot to do with renovation projects that people have started during the pandemic and the lockdown. And also uh, noise coming from outside the blocks where you have youth clubs who have been closed for the duration of the pandemic and, and the youth hang out in the streets instead of being indoors. Uh, and what we see is that, you know, this is causing friction uh, between groups and between communities. And I think, I mean, sound in itself is a very interesting theme to explore when it comes to uh, blocks of flats and when it comes to, to architecture, because sound quite often, you know, it does carry through walls and over fences. So these like frictions and conflicts that that then go through the building and created in the sense also a relationship between people um, who live in the building or, or live in the community often like they can boil down to, to an issue of sound uh, and the fact also that you know noise can directly affect your your health and, and well-being which I think is is key. Anna's observation on sound is very important and definitely It's something that people mentioned about in the Romanian side. It seems that the pandemic made people in Romania much more aware of the sounds surrounding them, the noises their neighbors produce, but also who are their neighbors. 
if before the pandemic, most of the younger people who were employed were busy working from morning till late, during the pandemic, many people spent more time in their flats and they had more time to listen to whatever others were doing. So other than rediscovering uh, uh, what kind of music neighbors listen or whatever conversations they have, uh, <laughs> people have also rediscovered uh, different other spaces in their home. Um, because of the pandemic, I have been told that balconies uh, became very used uh, and um, many people started to buy small tables and chairs and started to use this space as an extra, extra space. In fact, when we asked participants to, to show us images of green spaces, <laughs> some people took pictures in the balcony with the flowers in the balcony because uh, this is not only just a coincidence, many of the parks in Bucharest have been closed. And uh, we can judge and we can say what kind of management of, uh, you know, of people is this. But uh, I think it has to do with the fact that Bucharest, it is quite a dense city uh, with very few parks. And uh, whenever people get out, parks are crowded and that would infringe um, the social distancing um, rules and regulations and authorities didn't know what else to do but just close the parks, which created two paradoxical reactions. Some people just remained in their own flats and as I, as I said before, rediscovered um, different, the balcony and other spaces. Others uh, tried to escape Bucharest and um, felt uh, too, too claustrophobic inside of, uh, of their own box. And if they had uh, a house in the countryside, they went there. It's interesting that um, I think um, our research during the pandemic uh, also showed the importance of, um, of the social uh, life and the importance of communities. Some people said that in the blocks they felt protected and even hearing the neighbors would, would make them feel safe. Uh, if they needed by any chance some shopping to be done, they would ask a neighbor to do it. And in some cases, neighbors would help them. In other, in other contexts, I think the fear was so strong, especially among the elderly, that many of them have been heavily affected. So... Um, even for research, it was very difficult to, to, to reapproach people physically. I think this obsession with, with keeping the distance and not touching, not, not breathing the same air affected so much people that it took many months for them to want again to meet in the small green area in front of the block. So especially the elderly were very much affected by, by this. And I think some of them are still affected. Interesting to hear the different teams that have emerged, I think, during the pandemic. And of course, that is linked with uh, what we were able to do and how our methods or our fieldwork developed, I think, as well. And in my case, until now, I have rarely been able to go inside people's flats. So um, although, of course, through the packs, one gets an insight through what's going on. But uh, I've been mainly been doing walks with people in their area and one of the teams, uh, very much like what Anna was saying, is actually this uh, issue of noise. And, and it's interesting because initially many participants, when the lockdown just opened, they talked about empty streets and empty skies. 
and the peace and quiet they had that they never experienced, both in their neighborhoods, but also inside their homes. And then this huge contrast soon in London emerged when after quite a few weeks, actually, construction workers were allowed to get back into the city. They were the only ones who were given special permission. So what happened was they worked at much greater speed and much greater noise than we've ever experienced before. So it's this huge contrast that people mentioned with this kind of few weeks of almost complete quiet, no planes, no cars almost in central London. And then all at once, this noise of the construction work and roadworks erupting because many councils took advantage of people not being here and having all the roads repaired and also building like uh, cycle paths and so many changes were going on in the infrastructure, road infrastructure and construction work that almost erupted into this noise we never experienced before. So that was uh, one thing that was really quite striking. And as Anna said, and Gabriella as well, by people working at home, it seems that people became hypersensitive to this kind of noise as well. And just to show, uh, tell you or um, demonstrate the speed by which construction was going on, was on many of my walks, people would literally say, look, this building wasn't there three months before or three months ago. And now they just, all they done, we didn't know it was here. So, so, so that worked very much in favor of construction companies and developers, I think, but also uh, buildings being torn down at great speeds, perhaps with less scrutiny as they would usually get, I think, pre-pandemic. So I think there's lots of ongoing issues there. Actually, in episode uh, two, uh, Danny Dorlick really comments on this phenomenon in London, where it's very common for, even before the pandemic, for ongoing construction very close to uh, people's homes with very little, if you want, regulations. There are some, but it's uh, quite... Uh, unusual to have this constantly going on in your neighborhood, I think. So that's one of the specificity, I think, of London as well. And then a second issue that's come up is, of course, we live in the center of London. And again, for three months, people talked about how quiet it was. But then soon <laughs> after the first lockdown, these businesses, of course, which is understandable, reopened and they could only serve outside. Uh, and this uh, led to a number of what we call alfresco schemes. So where <laughs> if you walked into Soho, all the streets after 5 p.m. were packed with people sitting outside. So this has become like a, a mainland European city where people sit on the squares. So the streets of Soho became like European squares. And although these residents in Soho, um, some of my participants live in Soho, were very used to late night shouting and chanting and all kinds of disturbances. But again, the scale and the level of this has just been unseen. And at the moment, they're actually fighting their local council, which is thinking of extending the scheme indefinitely. So that's uh, something, a fight uh, that has occurred uh, during my fieldwork that uh, people are struggling with, I think, uh, very much. Thank you for listening to the Disobedient Buildings podcast, edited by Anna Anderson and produced by Jack Soper. If you want to hear more, go to our website at www.disobedientbuildings.com or search for our podcast where you normally find your podcasts.